0: My name is Chris Bett and welcome to Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. On this episode, we'll be going through Rangers 2-0 victory over St Johnson at Ibrox and looking ahead to Rangers' trip to the capital when they take on Hearts at Tynecastle Castle on Wednesday. Joining me to go through all this is my doom and gloom brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing,
1: mate? <laughs> I'm alright, mate. I'm actually still quite positive, as I have been on the last couple of pods. I'm actually still quite upbeat.
0: It's, um, I mean, we're going to go through, obviously, St Johnson game first, but the results have been... Pretty much almost perfect. Uh, but the performances are still... There's still a lot to be desired from there. It's it's no I, Dave, in my opinion, it's not getting any better. The performances are pretty much remaining the same. But we're getting away with it because obviously we're getting the three points on the board consistently now.
1: I think, I think there's signs that it's getting better. I think it's there's been a definite sea change in the performances under Geo to the performances now. The performances now necessarily improving week on week I, I, I agree with that but I think We're more in control of games for longer periods More defensively solid There's fewer gaps We're still giving away stupid chances and it's not perfect But there's signs Of life there for me, there's signs that it's going In the right direction and As you know I'm usually a process guy, a performances Guy and overlook the result In favour of the performances and what they tell us, but we're now nine wins for ten, a momentary lapse away for ten wins for ten, including some very difficult fixtures, semi final, Pitadri, Celtic at home, St Johnson away in the cups, never a gimme either. So we've had a reasonably tough run, Uh, and we're coming out of it more or less unscathed.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean the, the the positives are there as you say they're on a form that we welcome onto Beale's start. I think um, your first kind of ten games you, you kind of I don't want to say you, you get a, a good indication because um, pretty much Bill's um, Bill's win rate is pretty much the same as Jill's win rate for Gilles' first ten, and then obviously look what happened with Gilles, so anything can happen. But at the end of the day, uh, Bill came into a very struggling team, and he's managed to you know get this run going, uh, which is. It's it's really really unfair on Bill because you know, I was gonna say it's, it's got his kind of motoring on in the league keeping on the, the heels of Celtic, but the gap has remained the same since the day Bill walked in and that's just obviously down to Celtic's consistency. Um so it's a wee bit unfair that way because he does deserve more. Uh but you know, at the moment give me these shitty 2-0 wins at Ibrox, which should have been 7-0 wins or six or seven 0 wins. Um, over stupid drop points. Um, yep. Well, so let's let's really kind of go into it. As I said, the the, the line should have been far far more flattering towards Rangers. Um, the the lineup. I have to say as well, Dave. The, the game at Ibrox actually kicked off at Saturday at three, uh, which is um, real. Exactly, and another one this week as well. I know, um, we've been spoiled. So, McGregor started, Tavernier, Golson, Davis, Barisic, Kamara, Jack, Cantwell, Tillman, Kent, Morello. So, obviously, the big news here is Sakala has dropped um, in place for new signing Todd Cantwell. For me, Dave, I wanted to see Cantwell start. Of course I did, he's a new signing. Would have totally understood if he was on the bench um, due to the lack of minutes he's had over the last couple of months. But um, if Cantwell was going to start, I'd rather have had him in that kind of advanced midfield role with Sikala actually keeping his place because I thought this was very, very harsh on fashion Sikala. Albeit, I can also understand that it's not exactly a form decision that, this is, that, that, that Michael Bill came to this um, decision because I think we're looking to kind of keep Sikala fresh for this run of games coming up, which I do understand, but nonetheless still very harsh on because Sikala has been our best player over the last six to eight weeks.
1: Apparently also Fashion's wife gave birth during the week, I heard that oh, really? late today, I, I, I heard that offhand, I don't know if it's true or not, if so congratulations Fashion, but uh, maybe a few sleepless nights for Fashion, we've just taken him out the final line, but I totally agree, It's in Forum it should be him who started, uh, he's been the, the kind of brightest contributor the last couple of weeks, but uh, apparently Bill said in the press conference it's because he's missing of the kid, so.
0: Very well, well um, and the uh... The the game kind of started with Rangers dominating, and it was it I had a bit of kind of huff and puffiness about it in terms of right where's this going to come from and we've we've got all this ball creating a few chances here and there. St johnston goalkeeper had a good game again, but the, the the opening goal came from a penalty where the ball struck a St johnston defender's hand. Uh, I mean it's a clear clear penalty. Uh you know, I am I'm, I'm surprised it even went to Val to be honest. Um and then Tav obviously dispatches a penalty. And there's obviously gonna be the the, the mental moonhoolers and stuff like when it comes to stuff like this, um I just ignore it because they can not argue with that. However I think you know th- there is an incident in this match later on in this match that we we can discuss that is um a potential talking point. But in this in this instance was a penalty all day long.
1: It's, under the new rules, as apparently we've been done by it, we've had a couple go for us. but hits your hand in that situation, there's no really much you can do. The St Johnson players never argued. It was a fairly un- uncontroversial call as far as I could see. And aye, it's If it's not been picked up, considering the amount of moon that's going on around what was a fairly drab, innocuous game, if that's not getting debated, you know that it must have been a stonewaller. Aye, exactly. Um, again
0: for the next 15-20 minutes Rangers dominant without really doing much with it, um had a few chances Morelos uh, Morelos was guilty of quite a few missed opportunities in this match but the next real talking point came 37 minutes Nicky Clark goes in high on Ryan Jack um, at the time after. I thought mm, that looked a bit naughty uh, when you seen the, the replay, especially the, the, the VAR replay, where it obviously got slowed down. And I get that, obviously, you know, when things are slowed down, they do look worse. But in, in this particular instance, you know, Clark was high with his foot. He went above the shin guard. And I really, I, St. Johnson have appealed this today. I, I just don't understand why they've appealed this. Because if you're getting in that high where your foot's actually hitting a player's almost knee, um, as I said, it was above the shingard, then, the, I mean, one, why have you done that? You know, you gave the ref- referee a decision to make, but that's no, well, come on to you, obviously obviously, um, the decision that the referee had to make for Rangers, so it's not really our worry. Uh, and, and two, you know, uh, you, you just can't tackle that in the modern game at all. And uh, for me, it was absolutely a red card, absolutely a red
1: card. it's the same as Jack gets sent off the same thing, uh, against Aberdeen mm-hmm. but he's he's passed Jack actually made a further contact as well, passed through it and his weight came down on Stevie May yeah. and at the time was that, was that a sending off is it no in hindsight now you've the, the, the distance of time He's played through and it's potentially hurt an opponent. So again, I, I hate the word letter of the law, right? But that's what it is. And Nicky Clark's. if Nicky if Nicky Clark actually he slashes through the ball, if he actually gets more contact on the ball, his foot probably wouldn't have went as high. So he's a wee bit unfortunate, Clark. I don't think he meant it. I don't think he has that type of play. I don't think he's went in slashing into tackle. He's went in to kick the ball. But as you see, it's high, it's studs. Jack's full weight is going that direction. Clark's full weight's going. It's dangerous. It's it's a red card and we're in a situation in Scotland where week on week the rules just continually get hunched for Cootie and they get moulded to whatever the current not, not whatever the current feeling is the rules have just been battered and moulded into this it's not about the, the actual it's quote unquote IFAB technicalities it's about whatever certain pundits feel their feelings on the red card I don't feel I don't think and we know who they are We've got to name them, but it's the same talking heads every week, the same decisions, and coincidentally, it's always the ones that favour us, that get scrutinised and dragged apart to the nth degree. There's clearly an agenda at play to shape the narrative around VAR, around refereeing decisions, around Rangers, and it's getting even more tedious, because again, that game on Saturday there was, let's be honest, it's not going to live long in the memory. No. And straightforward two on win at ibrooks I okay. There's a couple of decisions that ref had to make. We could all just be getting on with our lives, but now we're subjected to a week of content by certain folk pulling apart decisions, scrutinising the decision-making processes, and casting aspersions on VAR and on refs. The whole thing's just getting a bit tedious now. Aye, and well, it doesn't take much.
0: Uh you know longer for for a another kind of controversial incident to actually happen talking three four minutes after Nicky Clark scene red, the man who was in the who was the recipient of Nicky Clark's challenge um decided to fly into a tackle himself Ryan Jack inside the the St Johnson box so now, are you
1: sure it was the St Johnson box because I was listening to Mark Reynolds earlier
0: Right. Um, so, you know, you might actually hear that St. John's should have had a penalty for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to say, if the, if if, I, if that did happen in the Rangers box, it definitely would have been a penalty, I don't think. there's, oh, any, aye, there's no but, dispute. <laughs> but the fact that it happened, you know... Right 90 yards It's quite a... That, I mean, that's quite an important bit of information that Mark Reynolds decided to um, omit, but obviously, fifth play to Mark Reynolds. He, he kind of owned it. He knows that he made an RC, and he's no really kind of. I, I said this on Twitter, like, if that's Michael Stewart or John Hartson, maybe not so much Chris Sutton, but certainly if it's Stewart or John Hartson, they would double down. You know what I mean? They would fucking go, no, it's still a penalty. Uh, whereas Mark Reynolds kind of held his hands up and he knew that he made a, a bit of an RC himself. Now the incident itself, um, I have to say, it really, really annoyed me. Now anybody that knows my feelings in Ryan Jack know that I, I, I love I love Ryan Jack, but why he's done that, I have a like I was gonna say I have no idea. I know why he's done it. He's pissed off. He's just been hurt and he wants to get he, he wants to kind of lay one on somebody because he's he's as I said he's he's annoyed, uh, but that's just not good enough. You can't be doing stuff like that. Um, we need cooler calmer heads if if he's angry you know there's other ways to hurt teams rather than actually trying to physically hurt them um and i'm not saying that that's what ryan jack's intentions were to actually hurt another professional but he's certainly i think there's an element there of him just wanting to express how pissed off he was because it was a challenge that didn't need to happen um, it was a bit rash and it's right on the line for me in terms of between yellow and red, if we if if Ryan Jack sorry was given a red card for that, I don't think we could have too ma- too many complaints. I understand why it's a yellow, but the the point remains, dave The challenge did not need to happen. I mean, like it, that, I think this is where Mark Reynolds is getting confused. If that challenge is in the Rangers box, I can kind of understand. It's, it's not really last stretch right, but it. If you imagine that to be in the Rangers box, Jack's trying to tackle to get the ball out wide to prevent the the, the boy getting the ball in. But the fact it's in the St. Johnson box is such a a, a very odd choice to make that tackle inside the St. Johnson box when they've got the ball and we're pressing them. So why why has he done it? Well, as I said, I've already given my reasons why I think he's done it, but it it doesn't excuse the fact that he did potentially put us at risk to even in the game up when we had such a great advantage, one all up down to uh, a man advantage as well. And then he could have kind of, you know, fucked all that in the space of three, four minutes, Um just because there was a wee bit of kind of hothead in this, I think.
1: Exactly. And that was my reaction at the time. I thought, why is he doing that? The boy's going away from the Rangers goal towards his own goal, at 90 yards, 100 yards for danger and Jack's went flying in. My first thought was, this is borderline. That's one of the, it's just about 1.5 yellow cards, you know, it's just, it's on the cusp, and I don't think I would have had any complaints, because he does catch a boy, and bends his ankle. I would have had any complaints. No. I'd have had complaints about Ryan Jack's decision to date. Yeah. As you say, there's always that period after a red card, where tempers are high, tensions are high, even the referee, the crowd are high. The referee is no matter how bad the red card is the referee's always going to look for an opportunity to even it up i think yeah, because it he, he doesn't want to finish a game uneven or be responsible for the defeat by red card if he get if he goes for maybe i got the first one wrong whatever and jack gave him the opportunity to even it up it's it's a big bugbear of mine when uh players make decisions like that yeah it's... and they offer up the opportunity for the ref to to make retribution
0: yeah, it was it was just a bizarre decision that Ryan Jack made, um, and obviously that, this is what's getting all the kind of press at the moment. Um, I'm saying well is, because obviously there's a few pundits talking about it, and, and obviously fans of other clubs are talking about it. Um, and I, I have to say, obviously I said a minute ago, I don't understand why Nicky Clark's um, red card's been appealed, because that's a red card for me. I, I, I think they have absolutely no chance of winning that, saying that as the SFA, so you never know. Um, but I think that must be the basis of the appeal. Well, look at Ryan Jack's um, tackle. Kind of similar to Nicky Clark, yet he was obviously given a booking. So possibly that's their case for defence, which obviously I don't think will be successful. But it's uh, it's something I don't want to see for Rangers players, especially when we've got the advantage um, and we're winning. Just don't need to do it. And. I'm not saying Ryan Jack's guilty of it, I don't actually think he is guilty of that um, quite consistently, but on this occasion, he obviously did lose his head a little, and he just needs to calm down, because he obviously get taken off at half-time for John Lundstrom, um, because of either the tackle on him or the tackle that he'd done, um, or, or a combination of two, the fact that he got injured and he's on a yellow card, um, and th- this is it. Jack's body is fragile at the best of times, and putting himself in situations like that, it's not going to help him, is it?
1: no. Definitely not. Uh, as you say, subbed for his own good. I was not surprised at all that Bale decided to, to take him at the final link. because <clears throat> his next foul was probably going to be the one that did it. So, good decision there, but a uh, Silly, very silly from Jack. Very naive. Yeah. So, the next...
0: Kinda, of, I would say the last talking point, um, and then there's a more general kind of theme after that. Is obviously in the 57th minute, Todd Campbell picks the ball, up, puts a ball down the kind of in the lane where Morelos just very cutely flicks it on into the path of Kamara, who gets his head up and lifts the ball over Remy Matthews to make it two and it was a beautiful goal, probably one of the better goals we scored this season. And um, well, what you know, it's a it's a three-player combination goal, pass, pass, goal. Um, brilliant finish by Kamara you know Glenn Kamara It should score more goals of course he does but I have to say see, just about every goal I've seen Glenn Kamara score he's always had that air of composure about him um, and I think that's why we get frustrated that he's lack of goals because he has shown that he can he can hit the back of the net because he's got the he's got the mentality to do it you know what I mean doesn't he shite yourself when he's throwing a goal more every time I think actually you'll find that every time Glenn Kamara's been through on goal in a one-on-one situation, his success rate must be in the 80% because I can't think of too many occasions where he's been through one-on-one and actually not scored. It just doesn't happen often enough. That's the problem. Um, Beautiful goal.
1: Aye. Lovely finish, as you say. When he gets through, it's calm, it's passed into the net. I can't think of many examples where he's gone through and missed because there's not that many. It's just the way we've used him. He doesn't get... When we did use him as a ten. It didn't really work. I never thought under Gio, he it, it played with his back to goal a wee bit and tried to link play. I didn't like that. But as a deep line midfielder, I, I still big fan of Kamara. Still would be my team most weeks. Don't really it, on Twitter at least. There's a lot of people who'd be prepared to part. Well, I'd be prepared to part with him for the right fee because we have to. But for me, in the absence of any concrete interest, I'd be putting Kamara in the team most weeks. I think he's tailor made for the system. Bill plays think he's tailor made for the SPL. And if he could add some goals to his game, that would be nice. But it's not like we're looking for from him. But it's nice to see him get the score sheet and make that wee overlapping run. Yep, absolutely.
0: Um, it was a beautiful goal. The sixty-fourth minute, Todd Cantwell was withdrawn for Fashion Sakala, So a wee word on Todd Cantwell's debut. I thought that it was decent. I thought that wasn't you know, it wasn't eye-catching. I don't think, uh, which is understandable, um, lack of match fitness. Um, I thought he'd done okay. I have I've, I mean, I've seen Todd Cantwell in the Premier League and I've seen him fully flying and he is obviously a very, very good player. And to get him back to that level will take some time, of course it will. But the, I just felt as if maybe he was holding back a wee bit or maybe he just didn't he really trust his fitness levels a wee bit. No criticism. It's a criticism, it's a very valid reason for him to do that. But, you know, an hour under his belt in a two and a 2-0-1 way, I think the kids call it a pre-assist narrative, something that me and you will absolutely hate. But uh, <laughs> it's, it was a solid
1: debut. It was good, good signs, like I say, about most of the team. He looks, to me, ju- just judging his ability based on what we've seen there, he looks like he's, again, a good fit for the system. He's quick, he moves laterally, so he pass passing move side to side. He's always looking to create combinations and triangles. He's always looked forward, used the ball intelligently, seems technically good. You will see, sometimes you look at a guy in his debut, like just off the top of my head, you get guys coming in like Bakunia, who's maybe an example of somebody who would try to put in a similar role or was signed for a similar purpose. And you look at it and go, I don't know, I'm not seeing it with you, but it can't well... Looked apart part to me As you say No pulling up Trees debut But um, As I kind of Bed and process Goes Quite happy with that He's got ten Castle's obviously Going to be tough I don't know if we'll, we'll See him then But he's got Ross County and Partick Thistle at home So he's got Two games to get Under his belt Then obviously We've got Levy away Sandwich in that We run Before the cup final So we should have A better understanding Of the, the whole thing But where Cantwell is And where hopefully Any other new signings are after the Ross County and Thistle games at home. Yeah, I uh,
0: apologise for that in there, Dave. I, 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 I call came through on my laptop there, so apologies to the listeners as well. Um, it's one of those ones, I could have edited that out, but that means that you'd have to just say what you just said again there, so I wanna do that to you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, it was a solid debut. A solid debut, looking forward to seeing seeing more I can't wait.
1: Um, the other positive for me, as you said at the start, is guys coming straight into the club going straight into the first team, making a contribution, however sort of mild that may be. It's not happened enough when you sign in Rangers in the last 10 year, That immediate impact, maybe maybe 10 years, maybe the last couple of four years has been worse, but Bill said it, we need guys to come in and contribute for day one. It's Any business, any workplace needs it. We need guys coming straight in, just starting. That's the way it used to be in the 90s, you would sign in the Thursday and be in the team. Yeah. So we can't afford... The Yilmaz or Matondo style projects now, or even chill took to a few games pre-season to warm up. Um, Lawrence' team will be injury. It would be lovely if we signed a guy for a fee and he just came in, started and contributed for the rest of his time here. I uh,
0: know, no, totally agree with you. Totally agree. Can you also add Lundstrom to that. The to that the slow start. Uh,
1: uh, There's so many who've slow starters, took a while to get going. It's 18 months in, and we're only really seeing the best of uh, Sakala. Lindstrom had his brief spell as the best on earth in about April and has faded away again. So,
0: yeah. Aye. It's extremely frustrating. Just on Cantwell again. Just before we move on, um, the one thing that was really positive for me, he started out in kind of the right hand side, but he seemed to have like a free a free role. He was I was allowed to roam from kind of side to side, and the goal actually came from Todd Cantwell being on Ryan uh, Ryan Kent's side, um, which I think is going to cause absolute havoc for these wee Diddy teams who like to play. Um, the, the low block, because if Cantwell's roaming, <clears throat> and we know, that, we know that Kent likes to kind of, he plays kind of central, albeit he is on the left-hand side, but he, he plays that kind of inverted number 10 role, if they two are playing those roles, that's a very, very, um, you know, it's, it's a it's a beautiful thing to to think coming fully to fruition, because it it, it really could work wonders for this team.
1: Oh, absolutely, I'm, I'm, I've got the highlights on repeat the background and, um Tillman, Kent and Cantwell also to, to interchanged positions as the day went on. The Kent chance for the edge of the area came from the three of them moving. Cantwell dummied it out to Tillman who played it to Cantwell who dummied it to Kent. So there's good understanding already. There's good interchange there. If we get back to that, that was one of the hallmarks of the, the title winning season. And I remember Martindale and Lewis Ferguson. Both been asked who's who's the hardest team to play against Rangers or Celtic, and they both said us because Martin Dale in particular says you don't know where they're going to go, you don't know where they're going to be. The movement and combinations are so good that they pop up everywhere and they pull you apart. Mm, uh, yeah. Then I'm just I'm watching it now Kent's out on the right, Tillman's in the middle, and Cantwell's in the left. Yeah. And as you say, teams will just not cope with that because they set up to to man mark to identify threats. And you can add Sakhalin into that mix as well. That's a lot of unpredictability for teams to try and handle. And that's where, I, again, one of the reasons we went went wrong previously, I think, was putting Kent in a wee prison out on the left wing. Oh, no, 100%.
0: Absolutely 100%. On the 72nd minute, we've seen the return of Yanis Hadji one year and one week after he was ruled out with an ACL injury. Um, look, obviously... He's not going to be anywhere near the Yannis Hadji we remember straight away. It's going to take him a hell of a lot of time. Don't actually think we'll see the best of Hadji until next season, if I'm honest. Uh, I think between now and the end of the season, it's just all about match, match fitness for him. Um, I think we will see glimpses, but uh, consistently, I think we just have to be a wee bit patient. And I think we will be patient based on the reception that he got. You know, I think he's he's obviously a popular boy um, amongst the fans and so Without talking about his performance or maybe lack of, it's just good to see him back at. Huh?
1: it. But I want to see him back. I'm a big fan. Uh, I think had he kind of flirted with idea of being it, but he, he's got the potential to be a real creator, a real destroyer, a real elite level player. I think if he'd kept going, if he'd kept developing, he would probably have options outside Ibrox. I think he probably will again in the future. And if you had him into that attacking mix, he tried a few things. Just did they quite come off? Because he's he's not quite get the the sight set yet. He tried a volleyed through pass that was accurate, but just overhit. They tried another through ball that was just a wee bit off. But brilliant vision that nope that I, I don't think anybody in the team would have seen the passes, including Tillman. It's just another asset. And for me, one of the things that one is the leak, and it's more important now than ever with the five subs. Games now are won by depth and quality. Do you look at Celtic? They go out and smash teams, they change, make five changes. We need to be able to do that now and bring quality in for too long. For the last probably year now, you look at our bench and it's limited in terms of attacking options. And now we're starting to get four and five good attackers on the bench. You bring Roof back into that as well. And all of a sudden, you've got six or seven guys who can hurt teams. And you look at, Turner and look at the bench and there's, for example, Sikala, Haji and Roof sitting in the 73rd minute when it's nine each. And we take off. Maryla Stilman and Kent and teams have got a whole new set of problems. So a lot in Tom Lawrence as well. Yeah. Hopefully some of the problems that we've, or some of the things that have held us back will now start to evaporate as we get these guys back. I'm always skeptical of saying that when oh, we're getting back, we're getting back because you never know the injuries and you never know long term and recurrences, whatever. But again there'll be positive signs there that we might just be starting to see us not just a first eleven that resembles Rangers, because I think we have had that for the most part, apart from defence maybe, but we're starting to see a match day squad that resembles Rangers and go right, I'm actually excited for the substitutions now. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm going to get to see roof, I'm going to get to see Tillman, I'm going to get to see Hadji, and it's not just looking at the bench going, fucking who we got, who we bringing on here man? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. The game from the 2-0,
0: sorry, from the second goal was pretty much all Rangers without any real real cutting edge, there was a a complete lack of cutting edge. Um, These are the games where we should be looking to get our our goal difference up we should be scoring more than two goals because we've got the ball all day um, you know 70 odd percent possession we're actually doing something with the ball we are creating chances so I, I can't default on for that it just comes down to I don't know. Obviously a lack of finish and that's what it ultimately comes down to. But why is that? You know what I mean? We try to put a finger on that. I, I I don't know. I think the I think we're guilty since Bill has come back of a little bit of overplay. Again, that's not a criticism. I understand what he's trying to do, but sometimes, you know, we don't need that extra pass. Sometimes a shot would suffice. Um and it's it's something that worries me because I don't like in the habit of these kind of nervy 1-0 games and even at times nervy 2-0 games where a goal in the last 10 minutes by the opposition brings them straight back into it and then Ibrox just becomes an absolute cauldron um, for the last 10 minutes. and like These are the things that I'm seeing and that, that I suppose that's my point from the, the start of the, the, the podcast is the results are fine, obviously they are, but the performances, I'm still not seeing a, a complete improvement in them. And we almost seem to be uh, our own worst enemy in many ways, because if you look at the goals that we have conceded, um, how many of them have been actually Rangers fault for poor defending? I would say the vast majority. And then on the other hand, how many times have we had the opportunity to kill games off before um, the opposition kind of threatened to get back into it? I also look at the Celtic game where we were two nil up, uh, two one up, sorry. And we had one or two chances to actually kill that game as well, uh, which we didn't take, which I think in hindsight we really obviously needed to take one of the chances. Um so there, there needs to be that clinical cutting edge added to the team. And and Michael Beale did say obviously before the, the game that in this transfer window he is looking for a midfielder and a defender. So Bit surprised about the defender, obviously a centre defender. We will come on to that. And then some of the priority positions will be goalkeeper and a number nine. So I don't think that uh, some people have been obviously reading into that, saying that obviously that means Morelos isn't signing a contract. I don't think that's necessarily the case yet. Um, but I think a clinical number nine who fits Bill system is definitely something I can get on board with. And by saying fits into Bill system, Obviously, the conclusion there is something that I've maintained since the day Bill walked in the door before Bill even had his first match at Rangers. Um, I think that Antonio Cholak's time, maybe not so much up, but as the first pick striker, um, I, I just don't think it's going to be be happening because we look at, we, we, we know Bill when he's what he likes from, from certain players in certain positions, the profile, if you will, and Antonio Cholak for me is just the complete opposite of what Bill looks for in, in, a, in, a, in a striker. So I personally wasn't surprised to hear that a number nine is a priority, um, despite the fact that we've got Ruff, Morelos and, and, and Cholak. I think Ruff's injuries, he can't be relied upon. Morelos is a question mark there, obviously, with his contract. And, and Big Cholak, I just think it, it doesn't fancy him. He's just going to have to except that he's going to have the Cedric Itten role where he comes on for the last 20 minutes every, every now and then. Um, I know that sounds incredibly harsh because Big Cholak's record has is, is, is been fantastic, but it's just one of those things that a manager knows but a manager likes.
1: Aye, I, I agree with the point about Cholak. you love a guy who's scoring goals and he, he, he can't help but go right. He's doing his job, he's going to stay in the team. But like you, I had long-term reservations as an all-round modern forward about Cholak, I don't know if he's his link-up plays all in play, holding the ball up and so on, is good enough to play in the system. And if you remember the way we played Morelos the year we won the league, he scored, It wasn't the top scorer, he got 16 or 12 or something, because we basically used him as a false nine to bring others into play. And Roof was the top scorer and others contributed. If Bill goes back to that, then Cholak's time is... Going to be, game time's going to be limited. As you say, it's going to be the itting target man. We need a finish roll, Which, coupled with the injury, probably kills Cholak's momentum. And I I hope I'm wrong, but I'd be surprised if his numbers continue in the vein they did at the start of the season. Um, we need a big number nine who can do a wee bit more in around the box, like Morelos. And to be honest, just on Morelos, it's it's a strange situation. It's no one I can really remember at Ibrox before. Because it's us, it's his relationship with the club is broken a wee bit, I think, and his mental state, in my opinion, it needs repaired. And I don't know because I've not really got any examples to call on of that happening. I think he's obviously came to Scotland wanting to move on within two or three years. It's not happened. We've rejected bids if you believe the rumours, he's had wage rises, so he's comfortable. He's kinda lost the hunger and he's missed out in a good chunk of last season. Cut a couple big biggest games of his career, cup final. And obviously Europa League final through injury that was not his fault and can be put on the previous management team. So if you can repair that, if you can repair the damage and clear the decks and get his mental state back, I I I would sign him if that's possible. If it is possible, I don't know. But for me, and again, it's one of the cliches of fit Morelos doing his bit. I mean, a lovely assist for Kamara is an asset to the team that you want to try and retain and at least not let walk for free. Yeah, because that's. A way to sort of tarnish his legacy but he talked about the performance and his uh and sorry the, the general performance and goal scoring and so on i thought we got into good areas we didn't necessarily create the chance in the areas but we got Tavern into the box we got Ket into the box we got Bonner wide we go into areas that should have led to a chance and we it was the the, the lack of the killer pass and we got into shooting opportunities and again, not pulling the trigger. We need to just start going, right, we're going to be in these positions for the majority of the game, so we can afford to take the odd shot. We don't need to try, and it's not like we're desperately trying to walk it in because it's the 89th minute and we need to go, and we're not going to get another chance. We can afford to start taking pot shots. That level of clinicalness needs to come because, as you say, the the, the tight games, albeit Kamara second, takes the pressure off. But I see if Kamara doesn't get that goal, and it's five minutes to go, and it's le- it's it's... 1-0, they did get up the park Yeah. and all it takes, and how many times have we seen it, even with 10 men, long balls, corners, our weakness defending them, and all of a sudden you've dropped points for a very comfortable position if you remember in Gerrard's first, I think it was the first season I counted this once, I think there was something like 30 games in a row where we were either 1-0 up, 1-0 down or level, going into the last 15 minutes so basically every game for the biggest chunk of the season the last 15 minutes were a nerve-shredding pulse pounder, one way or the other. We were chasing, we were defending, or well, we were chasing because it'd be a, a draw behind. And I think that took its toll physically on us that season because yeah. we had to put in maximum effort. Celtic under Rodgers were winning three, four, and five, nil. So after half an hour, they were make subs, turning off. Game was done, passing exercise, whereas we had to go to the wire and drain our energy reserves every game. Yeah. So getting more goals and getting clearer wins has to be something that's focused on because, again, say more subs, more options, more bodies will help with that. But we want to begin into the last 15 minutes at iBooks, especially 3-0 up, and literally just walking about, taking Kent off, taking Morelos off, taking key players out the firing line, yeah. and using the squad, because ultimately, come the last 5-10 games of the season, if it goes down to the wire next season, hopefully, or even this season, they'll be much fresher, and that will massively tell.
0: No, I agree. We agree. We um, in terms, of obviously, the the goalkeeping position being a priority. I don't think we need to have to. Well, I don't. I don't actually think we need to address that. We all can see that. We all know that that's an issue. Um, and it's good to hear that obviously Mako Bill kinda finally agrees about it because obviously there was some kind of odd comment by Bill um, a couple of weeks ago where he says it's it's not a position he's particularly worried about. But I think um, he's seen. I, I think Bill's basically, you know. Just assumed that Alan McGregor was the Alan McGregor that he left, um, and quite clearly that's not the case, um, so that will be addressed, hopefully. Defender, uh, very, very surprised about us. obviously, the given the fact that Ben Davis is back fit, Conor Golsan's back fit, John Suttles on his way back. I get but Kalander's most likely done now. Um, we have also got Leon King, but I think this comes down to, Dave, the unreliability from John Souter and to a certain extent Ben Davis because obviously there's ball, I've got that fear with Ben Davis he's just going to break down again at some point and I probably will be right, would love to be wrong uh but I think that's what it comes down to when he's when he's actually saying that he, he would love a, a centre defender Jake Cooper has been the name linked now he was linked previously uh to be Conor Goldson's he, basically he was linked before we, we signed Philip Hollander um, so the, the idea from Gerrard was go to Cooper and for whatever reason we ended up with Hollander. Um so when we were linked to him previously I didn't know much about him but obviously I, I started to kind of watch stuff and then I, I started kind of following his career and Jake Cooper is uh, he, he is a really really good defender um, the only thing I would suggest is his talent for siege defending is not going to be Fully utilised in this league, he's not as comfortable on the ball as maybe Ben Davis is. Um, so, that is probably my negatives. But in terms of being an all round kind of, he's, he's almost a throwback to this kind of uh, stereotypical British um, centre half. I'll have them all day long in my team, all day long. Um, and I have to say that. I'm actually, for a centre defender, I'm actually quite excited at the prospect that it will be Jake Cooper. Obviously, there might be one or two other names in there, but that seems to be the one that, that Bill wants before the window shuts. Does that does that get you going as much as me?
1: He's not he's, a guy I've paid a lot of attention to, not a guy I know an awful lot about, but if, as you say, he's a, a big, robust, rugged defender, I think one of the things we are screaming out for, and loads of respects is physicality, presence and leadership in all areas of the team and okay. we don't have enough, particularly during the, the the real injury crisis, we don't have enough senior pro <clears throat> team leader type guys, we need more guys who play with that aggression and confidence and arrogance and know that they're better than the opposite don't, don't get cocky with because I think Lundstrom falls into the cocky bracket but who've got that aggression and give me a big British style, he did who fit centre half in my team every day of the week, most uh, days of the week. He's
0: completely the opposite of what Ben Davis is. Ben Davis is you know kind of ball playing centre half that he's obviously a very intelligent footballer. But when it comes to the physical stuff, I don't think Ben Davis is really that up to it. I think that's more kind of Conor kind of Goldson's domain. And um, so if they come up against a kind of big physical striker, I think Goldson's want to deal with that. Albeit, I have to say. The only time we've really come up against a physical striker this season, I uh, mean the Goldson Davis partnership was Stephen Fletcher, and I thought the two of them struggled that day. So that's a game for Jake Cooper to come in and, and really dominate a striker like Stephen Fletcher, um, or even the boy from Livingston who we've struggled against this year is it Joe Newbley? Yep. These, these are the type of games where Jake, Jake Cooper will make the difference because he will keep these types of players quiet, and Connor Goldson can do his thing, you know, spread the ball left, right, and obviously have that calm, composed. Um, element to, to our defence. So no, it's it's one that I really, really hope that we can we can get over the line. I will I'll i have to say that I I would be surprised if we do get Jake Cooper. Um after bigging him up, I just think that it will cost a bit. And obviously Mo will they're no really in like serious contention for the playoffs, but they're there or thereabouts. So obviously he's I don't know if he's their captain, but he's obviously one of their key players. So they they'll be quite difficult to deal with. So I'd be pleasantly surprised if it is Jake Cooper. Um, however, with the manager saying that he wants a defender in, I think we're going to get one anyway. Um, whoever that is, it uh, remains to be seen. But certainly, the Cooper is, is the guy I hope it is. He also said a midfielder, so that's uh, fairly straightforward now because obviously Nicholas Raskin, a deal has been done um, in terms of if he's agreed. He's now landed in Scotland. Um, would probably expect an announcement tomorrow. Um that well, actually, I expect an announcement tomorrow for this mystery defender as well because obviously it's transfer deadline day tomorrow. Um, Raskin is uh, well, let me get a negative out of the way, Dave. And that's there, there's no negative in terms of the player, the, the negative is, is how Rangers have um conducted themselves for us. I just uh, it just epitomises everything that's wrong with Rangers at the moment. You know, we waited until. Literally the very last day of the window to get this boy in. Now, we've got away with it. I understand that point. I understand that argument. We've not lost any games. We've won all our games in January, albeit the old firm, um, which I don't think would have got them in, in time for anyway. But um, they, they, didn't, you know, they, they, they didn't help Bill as much as they should have because Raskin should have been in the door at least a week ago. Um, two if I'm being ultra-critical because the fact is we ended up paying what standard Lou Edge asked for. Um we gave them the sell-on as well. And we tried to get away from that. Now I understand your kind of first um rule of negotiation is don't match what they want, trying obviously bring them down, but they were obviously insistent that that's not going to be the case. They wanted what they wanted and Rangers have caved in um right at the end. I just don't understand why after caving in we just didn't pay It, sooner. Um, it just came it just comes as a wee bit of shit we really need to get this boy in the door because we are going to get it stinking and of course they will but even getting the deal done I think they, they, they deserve the criticism that I'm currently giving them because I just feel that um, it's, it's taking too long and you know we, we've not negotiated anything that is beneficial to Rangers we have paid Leage what they wanted which is fair enough because now when you talk about the player he's clearly a quality player he's clearly something different um he's clearly something we've not had in a hell of a, a long time. I cannot remember. We're going to have to go back to Walter Spell to, to think a midfielder like him, maybe Amendez or a kind of Pete Davis. Um, box to box, loves an assist, loves a long shot, loves a goal. All action, uh, highly, highly rated uh, within Belgian football. And an open market, Nicholas Raskin, under contract three, four years, you're talking eight to 12 million euros um, it's a fantastic signing,
1: Dave. I am very excited for it. On one of the recent pods, I was calling for. I think we all have been calling for it. A player who's wanted by his current club, wanted by other clubs, has his best years ahead of him, and we have to pay money to get. Should be the bare minimum to improve the team. And I think this guy, you never know. And you can sound silly in hindsight, picking up a player, or, or more often in my case, sizing a player unfairly, and uh, you can end up wagging your face. But I'm very excited for this If it's a good profile Good age Big sell on value Comes from a good country Good club There's He's not damaged goods In the way A lot of the players That we've brought in In the last Sort of three, win, three years Six windows especially Are you know, Guys like Even like Cholak Kind of bummed about no really wanted Matondo Clearly getting hopped about By agents Yilmaz Obviously on the market And hasn't quite Fitted in So for me Good profile Good age Stats and all the analysis that you get nowadays on Twitter seems to suggest that he's a uh, good profile, good fit for the British game. So, I yeah, delighted. Obviously, the, the the negotiation thing, paying what appears to be over the odds, and obviously we told Hearts to poke it last year with the sell on FIFA Sutter, but we the needs a bit more pressing here. I think because we'll still get two trophies, still got a gap to narrow. We can't wait. We can't leave the squad to the end of the season because that would just mean writing another season off. We need bodies in now to try and get us to put a, what should potentially be hopefully a cup double. Bill's form suggests that he's capable of that. So, aye, get him in, get it done. But again, the the board could have been negotiating prior to the window and had this guy ready to go. But as soon as Bill was in, identify the targets. There's no need to wait till the window opens to start negotiating. We could have done it earlier. But get him in and hopefully see him in, what's the day? Monday, probably, hopefully see him on Saturday. Again, like Cantwell. Straight in and make a contribution. The difference is that uh, uh, Nicholas Raskin's ready to
0: go. You know what I mean. I, I think Cantwell's still a couple of weeks behind, so um, it's it's a it's a no brainer. Um, and you know there, there is going to be a podcast um, discussing Rangers transfer window in the whole and in its entirety. So I'll kind of try and refrain from talking about how Rangers have conducted themselves, um, and you know at all now after my kind of comments on the. Style of negotiation for Raskin because I, I feel that we'll all we'll get plenty to say about about that, especially the fact that it's transfer deadline day tomorrow. We're recording on the Monday, and there is only officially one in the door. When quite clearly there there needed to be a more urgent um, approach to it. Just on Michael Beale uh, before we move on to Hearts, uh, Dave. Obviously that's nine months from ten. Should really be ten out of ten, albeit that late Celtic goal, which is you know it's. Uh, it was a kick in the teeth at the time, but in hindsight, it's it's, it's probably a bigger blow than we, we felt at the time because it just shows you that a Celtic team, they're not going to drop points, unnecessary points. They might drop the odd point here and there because they've had a, a freak performance or a freak result. But the thing, I was watching uh, the Celtic-Dundee United game until Celtic scored. And the thing about the Celtic team is they create enough that, you know, the... Balance of probability is one of them's going to fall in, which that literally did happen with Celtic's first goal. It fell in, and it, you know. What I mean, it was a goalkeeping error, but because they create so much pressure, that's why they're, they're on this um, quite a freak run of just getting wins. And that's the kind of the big blow, I suppose. What I'm saying was that was a real chance to take points off them, and uh, you know, come in a wee bit in terms of the gap, and that that late goal is, has has. Uh, denied us that opportunity because ever since then we've won all our games as have they so the old firm games you know they are going to be pretty crucial we still need a kind of snooker here and there don't get me wrong but um, that wasn't me really criticising Michael Beal that was me just kind of uh, highlighting just what he's up against at the moment because any Rangers manager that comes in that gets 9 wins from 10 and the, the 10th game as a draw they are looking to extend a lead or eat yeah, into a deficit whereas Michael Beale has remained on that nine-point deficit since the day he's walked in right until today, despite having, you know, a 90, 90% win rate.
1: Ah, exactly. That's a very good point there. That would usually mean you've extended or extended your leader at the deficit, and it's it's because of what they're doing that that's not happened, and I missing that opportunity. But their run, it's, it's good. I mean, I... I Almost certainly are going to win the league. You can't really see where they're going to drop points. But setting up for next season, we need to be giving Bill the tools to allow him to set his team up like that. And be constantly aggressive and on the front foot. But all things considered, this run of form is better than we could have asked. But Tynecastle on Wednesday is going to be probably the toughest test yet, I would say.
0: Uh, Aye, aye. You know... Leads in nicely to kind of um, previewing the, the Hearts game. It's third in the league. I think third is now theirs to lose. Um, they've, they've opened up quite a significant gap. They've been a fantastic run of form. Um, I think they're undefeated in nine or ten. Certainly in the last six, they've won four of the last six with two draws in there. Lauren Shanklin, the first Hearts player to score 20 goals in a season since John Robertson. It's at Tynecastle. Castle. We know that it's fast and furious at Tynecastle. Castle. Um, crowd right on top of you. So, this is a a, a huge, huge challenge. Um, Hearts are easily the best team in the league out with the old firm. Um, And I think Michael Beale even confirmed that today. He's kind of backtracked a wee bit there. Uh, Obviously, he said it was Aberdeen. um, But it's clearly Hearts, obviously. Uh, And it's going to be physical, but that's doing a disservice to Hearts because they can play as well. Technically, they are a good team.
1: Aye. Aye. You don't go in that run of form unless you can play, create chances, score goals. Shanklin's playing well, the new. It's, like I say, it's probably an even bigger test than Celtic get Ibrox. Because Ibrox you've got, I know that sounds stupid, right? Because they're clearly the better side, right? But old firm games do, to some extent. The players will automatically be up for it, or they should be. The crowd's at your back. You know it's containing. But Wednesday night at Tynecastle, Castles, you say, tight park. Fans on top of you. Probably be freezing and horrible. They relish that, making life uncomfortable. So, it's a big test of this team's mentality, as I say, because like I said about the Celtic game, you should be able to get yourself up for Celtic at on a nice day, good pitch, going away to Tynecastle. As we've seen with several players in this squad over the past, is not somewhere for the faint-hearted. And if you shrink and you don't go in full-throated and match the intensity and aggression, there's no doubt that you'll come off second best. So... To be fair, Dave,
0: um, I mean, I give this team quite a hard time when it comes to mental blocks and uh, I think our form at Time has been pretty spectacular, actually. I think uh, the last time we were defeated there or even dropped any sort of kind of, well, obviously on this occasion we didn't drop points, we were knocked out the cup. But the last time we were defeated there has obviously been Daniel Stendo, um got that win against us and then a couple of days later Hamilton Aki's happened. So our, our form at Tyne Castle is pretty, pretty good. Um, it's a place that we seem to be able to get results, um, positive results at that. So that we've got that going for us. So the the nucleus of this team, you know, I'm talking about your Tavs, your Goldsons, your Barisic's, uh, Kamara's, Jacks, Kent, Morelos, They know what it takes to go to a Tyne Castle and get a win. So I'm I'm fairly confident in that it's just on I think it's on the night I think everything is uh geared up for a very t- difficult night because obviously the conditions are going to be a wee bit kind of windy um as you say it is at night time as well and for some reason I think when you play these Scottish teams during the midweek the their fans are turning up to that game half-pushed and it's always more frantic isn't it like the the, the atmosphere from the crowd really feeds into the opposition team. Because you look at Kilmarnock the, the other night there, they started like a house in fire, man. The first 10 minutes, they were absolutely fantastic. And it was purely because the crowd were really, really up for it. And we, for me, we can't do what we have been doing and conceding that first goal because we're getting away with, with, with lesser teams of lesser ability. Whereas this Hearts team, they've got a lot of seasoned SPFL players within their team and they know how to kind of box clever. So getting that first goal on Wednesday is
1: absolutely crucial for me. Aye, absolutely. We we need to match them for the start. The, the clawing deficits back thing, the 3-2 wins, fun. But I'd rather live with it, if I'm honest, than make a quick air start and take the game to them rather than, as you say, a team like that who can defend, who can counter-attack, who can attack you of their own volition. It's not gonna be quite as straightforward to pull the deficit back. Would you yeah. would you start with Cantwell? I don't know. I don't know if, I don't think so. <clears throat> For me, yesterday St Johnson at home, they're a dreadful form, it's a bit of a free hit. You've got Ross County and Thistle coming up, which good seventy to possibly ninety minutes of the cup from there, just to get them up to speed. I don't know if you want to be throwing somebody who's not quite at it yet into yeah probably the most difficult away trip in Scotland apart from Parkhead uh, I would I'd be leaving Cantwell on the bench and seeing how the game develops before we, we bring him in.
0: I would start with Sikala as well, uh, I, I think it would be unfair to do that, Cantwell, I get it, he's a big money signing, I get all this kind of stuff, he's a kind of marquee signing as well if you if you will but um, he's, he's, not, he's not ready for the kind of you know blood and thunder are, are, are hearts at time castle when hearts you know would love the three points just as much as rangers but our need for them is probably more um more important um but i would say that anyway because i'm rangers fun i think the other question mark for this game dave is is it going to be mcgregor or mclaughlin we know hearts will pump balls into the box um Because that is a vulnerable area for Rangers. And we have heard Michael Beale say that when those types of games are on the cards, that McLaughlin is more suited to that. So, would that surprise
1: you to see McLaughlin? Uh, I would rather be Didney, chop change. And I'd rather we stuck with McGregor. And McGregor's shot-stopping is still better. And McLaughlin's not really played his way into my confidence lately. It's... It should be a non-event question it should be that we've got a keeper who can do both and we should be trying to patch it up but uh for me i just think in consistency reasons i would keep mcgregor in. Yeah. i may live to regret that as the high boys start flying in hi hi um no that that just about sums it up um before
0: i thank you dave obviously i have to say uh once again if you could follow us on any of social medias uh twitter facebook instagram tiktok youtube and follow like or subscribe but also on amazon music apple podcasts and spotify so again if you can subscribe to any of them that'd be fantastic uh you know spoke to a listener today who actually says to me um, he forgets sometimes when we actually release podcasts because he's not actually subscribed and i'm like well, we'll do it now then and they've <laughs> done it and um If you subscribe via Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you will get notified as soon as episodes drop. And that also benefits us because one subscription goes a long way, as I've always said. Um, We will be back later this week to obviously look back on the game at Tyne and look ahead at the game at Ibrox this Saturday. where We will be taking on Ross County and there will be a... A fairly kind of long discussion pod, um, talking hour, 20, maybe 90 minutes, uh, where myself and the guys, I'm going to try and get everybody on to get kind of varied thoughts. Um, we'll be discussing Rangers transfer window for this uh, winter, because by then, obviously, it'll be shut and we'll have the full facts of the ins and outs, particularly the ins, because um, it doesn't look like there's going to be any outs. And we'll be analysing that. Um, Dave, I'm
1: sure you'll be keen to come on that one. Yeah, hopefully a few ins, hopefully a wee surprise or two in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Don't um, have to get carried away with that, I'm no, I know. I'm just hoping,
0: blindly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, also really left like to do is just thank yourself, Dave, thanks very much again, mate. Cheers, mate, enjoyed it, always a pleasure. And as I said, we will be back with two podcasts this week, a preview, review and a kind of, you know, deep dive into our transfer window, so thanks very much again.